0: Yes, good people, it's Francis here from Let's Do Humans podcast. This is just a quick announcement, just to encourage everybody here that's listening to our podcast right now, just to ensure that you subscribe and you follow us on all of the various platforms out there that produce podcasts, that's subscribing to us on YouTube, following us on iTunes and Spotify. I mean, follow us, make sure that you share our content and continue your support, that will be greatly appreciated. That's Let's Do Humans, L-E-T-S-D-O-H-U-M-A-N-S, Let's Do Humans, one word, appreciate all your support. Stay blessed good people. I case, I case, I case, I case. Hey, hey. You've been finding work and doing the whole COVID. What was it? Welcome to the club. Yeah. yeah. Fully, fully, fully it. I mean, yeah. Typically, my um,
1: my routine is typically Monday to Wednesday working from home, mm. and then Thursday and Friday in the office. Okay. Anyway, and so not much changed, yeah. other than the fact that I had to do all
0: week. Yeah.
1: But I think coming up to around March, Nick. Ne- March last year, I was under so much pressure. Oh, for real. So much pressure with work. I needed the break. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult sometimes when you can't take a break because everything else is still running. Yeah. And so if I took the break, I would be pulled back anyway. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So when yeah, the just... whole world shut down, mm. that was perfect. Mm. God orchestrated it just for <laughs> just, me. Just for you. Just for so me. Michael, you deserve this, Mate, man. After all the I work took six in. weeks off. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, and then we ended up having one of the busiest years we've had. Oh, for real? Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, D- did business cool. take a hit though? Like in terms of personally for you? So obviously, I have the I have the private jet charter company and the luxury car hire company. Mm. Nothing was happening with that. Yeah, in fact, imagine. with the private jet, we had more inquiries than we had we had the previous six months.
0: But we just couldn't. Is that all the African of. ministers trying to yes. chop in between literally. countries. Yeah, I had people wanting to ship <laughs> yeah.
1: gold. They wanted to do all sorts of things. Academy, yeah. We couldn't do any of that. Um, we couldn't do any of that because mm. literally ports were closed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Right. Um, but I also have a TV distribution company. Mm. Um, so we license content to Sky Channel Five, oh, all the yeah. big networks throughout Africa, Mnet, mm. um, Africa Magic ETV, all the big networks throughout Africa and the Caribbean. And obviously there are more eyeballs at
0: home. Yeah. Um, contracts literally quadrupled it makes sense yeah so, um, that was that was nice it, it, it definitely had these perks as well being in lockdown cuz what i realized something in terms of like my my algorithm and my numbers wise when it comes to the podcast Yes. so during the heat of the you know the pandemic my listeners went Hi, absolutely and my, my channel was growing exponentially but then you know it was my own fault for not fully capitalizing on that yeah. because you know i had fatigue and other yes. stuff that i was doing in yes. relations to like work and, and business wise but there was a great opportunity there for people to make things happen during this period that's so when i launched the, podca- the yeah. podcast literally um i'd been
1: preparing for a podcast we we're getting ready to launch in the summertime mm. um and then literally this thing happened and we like no, well, let's put it out. Yeah, it's <laughs> and so we term. put it out. Yeah, we put yeah. it out, and it was very, it was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, it was you know, it wasn't crazy numbers, but there were multiple, you know, kind of five figure viewing yeah. figures per week, which was brilliant for a new podcast mm. that we just launched. Um, so yeah, we had a lot of fun
0: with that. Okay. Too much fun. I had to. I had to retract. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to be glowing now. See, I saw on your Insta, you came from. You were, you were on holiday, weren't you? Recently, where was yeah, that? Yeah, Miami yeah. or I was in Cancun. Oh, amazing, in Mexico. Yeah. And yeah. the reason why I asked is because I wanted to know whether it was a holiday or retreat because I saw quite a lot of people that I'm. I'm aware of quite yeah. a lot of notable, yeah, yeah. like affluent, y- young black yeah, businessmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it was a sight to see. So I wanted to know was yeah. that like a purposeful thing or so were they just your boys that you so just
1: naturally I, well naturally I surround myself with people who are doing well mm. um, and typically every year at least once or twice we would have like a, a getaway do a mastermind and stuff like mm-hmm. that so last year we were out at Mykonos, Um mm-hmm. this year we were out in Cancun and we day. go literally to have fun but to spend time with each other find out what everybody's got going on in their lives mm-hmm. how each other can be supportive of one another mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and that that has probably been just having relationships like that and circles like that around me I think has probably been one of the biggest advantages that I've had over the past decade. You know, just mm. intentionally networking and surrounding myself with people who are doing good stuff, yeah. so that we can we can all um, feed off of each yeah.
0: other. That, that's really true. I mean, the, the day that I have a, a couple of million in my account, I'm definitely going to give you a shout to join the, <laughs> to join those trips. But yeah. as they say, your network is your net worth, and Absolutely. that is a very powerful tool. Because I recently I was speaking to a um, professor who's based in the states um, a couple of weeks ago and she was just telling me about dynastic um, wealth growing mm-hmm. and how like certain wealthy families they don't necessarily go on holidays they go on retreats with other wealthy families and that's just to establish a relationship Absolutely. continue those networks going and in those retreats they're not just out there not just having fun but they're having genuine meetings where minutes are taken on targets set and they have people that are accountable for each other so having that circle is great and for me looking from an outsider is also inspirational because mm-hmm. I look at people as an inspiration based on you know what they're doing it's not necessary they don't necessarily have to be my friends but I can I can grow and learn from what I see visually absolutely. and it doesn't always have to be like numbers and figures it just has to be a bunch of black guys enjoying them absolutely I'm like yo that could be me that could be me and my boys and I relate to that yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. by looking at that so that was amazing to see that yeah, was beautiful yeah, yeah. sight but um one of the things that I think there's a lack of is enough of people like yourself and people like you know Dr. Tundes and all the other mm. people that was with you on, on that holiday mm. in terms of being in the public eye and you know, giving that vision to the younger people that there are other avenues out there and that there are people that look like you that can make it in other avenues Absolutely. that don't necessarily involve you being in sports or, Absolutely. you know, criminality and stuff like that. Why, why do you think there's a lack of? It's a bunch of several things. I mean,
1: just by, just from my personal perspective, being an entrepreneur, a young black entrepreneur from the UK mm. who has somewhat... um you know, my background was in television. I took a break from television 2013. I took my face off of television mm-hmm. um 2013. And I have just enjoyed just being progressive behind the scenes, mm-hmm. just because I didn't want to attract unnecessary attention. Okay. And um, just off of my experience over the last couple of years, now that I've somewhat been trying to put myself back on the radar and even even in terms of being, you know, putting out my inspirational content, putting out the stuff that I put out there,
0: it has, I have received
1: certain, some kind of attention mm. that I don't necessarily want. Is
0: that people that ask and, you know, the, the <laughs> unnecessary ways that they get? It, it's not even so much the, the public as much as it is, you know, the
1: authorities, you know, that tend to... Because then you become a target, right? And so I think... Have And so a lot of black people, I tend to find um a lot of young black people who are doing well, just want to do well. I have some of my some of my wealthiest friends have probably 300 followers <laughs> yeah, on social sure. media because yeah. they just don't want to put themselves out there like that. They just want to succeed and quietly enjoy their good life. And nobody really knows and cares about them. Um, and I, I see the benefit to that. But also at the same time, I'm one of those people who also really, 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 really feels the struggle of Mm -hmm. young people coming up. You know, I think it hit me once when I met up with one of my mates a few years ago to go to the barbershop in Catford. And it was a Saturday. We were just, you know, we were just getting ready to go out or whatnot. We were dressed up smart in suits, whatnot. And there was a couple of um, of young kids in the uh, barbershop and they're like, oh wow, you going to a you going to a wedding, you know? Mm. Just seeing black guys See, dress up in suits yeah, and going to a wedding, yeah. right? And that really hit mm. on a deeper level for me because my thing has always been, yeah, you know, cool, do well, get out the hood, mm. and do all of that stuff. That's all brilliant, but who's inspiring the hood? Like, yeah. what? Who are? What pictures are they seeing? the The only, the only, uh, the only s- signs of success they're seeing are the drug dealers and the ex-sexes and the things like that, that they that's about all they get to see. They don't get to see that there is a world beyond sports entertainment or drug dealing. Like you can be a stockbroker. You can actually own a dental, <laughs> you can own, you can donate a dental clinic. You can own your own law firm. You can own that. There is, there are so many things that you can do as young black people. And I feel like of course there, there aren't enough examples, especially here in the UK um, because most of us don't want to be seen. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a conundrum, really. Yeah,
0: um, You know? Because the thing is, I, I get it, because one, on one hand, you don't owe anybody anything. That's that's that's, that's the truth of the matter. Mm. So, you, you know, you're not inclined to be out there if you don't want to be. But I, I always have the notion that, you know, if you come from somewhere, it's always good to go and give back. Whether that be, you know, through your knowledge or, you know, setting up something or doing something, there, there's always that prerogative there. But, um... The, the thing that I find is that nowadays, when it comes to signs of wealth, it's, I feel like within our community p- particularly, it always has to be shiny. Mm-hmm. Because I grew up in a heavily like Asian predominant like you know environment. I grew up in the East London, my best friend's from Pakistan. Mm. Like, you know, all my friends are like Asian. Majority of them are Asian. Okay, right. Yeah, the, the black ones, they, I call them family. Sure, but most sure, of my sure. actual close friends are Asians. And growing up, all my richest friends, if you used to see their dads on road, you think they're broke. Like one guy, his dad was a butcher. He was always in like a dirty overall with like blood all over it. The other guy, they they own like, you know, franchise of like cake shops. I'm sure you're even aware of the shop. And when you see him, he's always in like a purple polo t-shirt driving a Nissan. But, you know, his account, it's got endless zeros in it. Uh, within our community, our signs of wealth has always seemed to be like shiny. So, if you don't have anything shiny, no one's going to listen to what you have to say. And I find that to be a major conundrum and an issue within itself. Yeah, because like who are you to tell me when I can't see nothing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? While well, I was growing up, some of my boys I can look at their families and I know what they're doing behind the yeah, scenes, I know yeah, what they're yeah. worth, I know what it's And The community listens to
1: well. Them. We're we're uh we're, uh, we're products of the hip hop culture, isn't it? Yeah. Like, hip hop is, is shiny, you weren't really. The 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 more records you sold, the bigger your chains got and the shinier <laughs> they got, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is what kids are growing up seeing, right? If you ain't got the chains and you ain't got the bling bling, what what did that song Jay Z and J D they said? If we don't bling bling, I don't want it, <laughs> <laughs> right? Jesus yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and so the 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 biggest issue that has come out of that that sort of mindset and that type sort of culture is the fact that you've got people out here looking successful but aren't really being successful they're, they're trying to they're more looking for the for the spoils of wealth as opposed to actually being wealthy and that is one of the biggest plagues to our generation it is the fact that you've got 20 20 21 22 23 year olds dating guys looking for Looking for Birkin bags, as a, <laughs> do you see what I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and it's and it's a, it's a it, for me that's a that's a pandemic. <laughs> no, it really <laughs> do you is. Know what I'm saying it's yeah, a it's a it's a huge. It, it's going to take a re a reprogramming of our mindset really to understand that actually it's not the shiny stuff that makes you wealthy. Mm-hmm. It is the infrastructure you've got behind you. It is the safety net you've been able to create for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. And I and look
1: as a young entrepreneur coming up, I fell for the same. Mm. I fell for it. Listen, I, when I, when I was in my twenties and I started making my first my first bit of pee, mm. you know, I was there in the Lambos and the Bentleys, <laughs> yeah, and I was I was doing all of that stuff. Yeah. It took me a good while to understand that actually, Mike, mm. this is this is costing you money. Yeah. I was wasting money on I was buying watches and all of those good stuff. And look, do your thing. Yeah. That, that I I feel a per, a good balance is necessary, yeah. right? But I feel like in our culture today, it is certainly more one-sided, mm. right? Where people are more interested in spending their money as opposed to investing their money yeah, for a long
0: you know, yeah. uh, But your, your story is quite intriguing in the sense that, you know, you made your first million before you hit 30, right? Mm. Yeah. How does that come about? Like, what I want to know is, you know, there's people that set out to make a million. Like when you speak to a lot of young people now, it's like, I want to make a million. I want to make a million. I want to make a million. Like there's no plan. Yeah. They potentially might not be doing anything whatsoever, yeah, but they're yeah. just talking about making a million. Yeah. Like, did you set out to, or was it a case of, you know, there was a whole bunch of, like, things that had happened and occurred, and then gradually you saw that you were developing into this guy? I,
1: I, I mean, I definitely set out to be wealthy. That mm. was, that was part of my, I, I dropped out of med school at the age of 19, right? Oh, and, yeah. you know, my mum's actually visiting with me this weekend, and yeah. tell you she was
0: petrified, she was yeah. angry. You're gonna fail in life.
1: Listen, li- I'm listen. I'm African, isn't it? Without, Yeah. You are allowed to have one of five careers, right? Yeah. You can be a lawyer, doctor, accountant, teacher, engineer, yeah. or a failure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, right? Yeah. And I chose the failure route. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but I wouldn't change I wouldn't change anything about my journey. I said I, I, I went into um I went into television where I had a television show. I was producing, presenting, um, and I was also managing our um i think as time went on the tv stuff after doing it for about three years it was becoming popular on sky but i wasn't actually seeing money in my account um and so i think after after about four years of doing it i wanted to syndicate it globally right i wanted to have it on broadcast on on channels outside of the uk um so i literally contacted all the major distributors who distribute content in the UK and nobody would touch my stuff. Mm. So I picked up the phone, um, started making phone calls. Uh, I, after three months, I got my first yes in Barbados. Oh. Uh, and then it went on TV in Jamaica. It went all throughout Africa. It, on, on, on Mnet, Africa Magic, ETV South Africa. I was on Firesat One in Ghana. I was, so by the end of 2012, I was in 60 countries. And that was that was when I started to see the first bit of money come out of that um and for me the next progression was i was already connected well at the point at that at that time within sort of the 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 entertainment industry enough to know that some of my friends were starting to produce movies especially mm-hmm. in america um and i said listen i've got the the network already for it so i can distribute your movie for you mm-hmm. um so we started distributing movies and then we started doing Tyler perry content and then before oh, you know yeah. um i'd set up inadvertently a TV distribution company, which yeah. I still have to this day, which is at the moment probably one of the biggest suppliers of black entertainment content in the world. Oh, and so, yeah, that was essentially the journey that helped grow um, quickly within. I think within within three years of starting to do that, we 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 backed the first mi- the first mill yeah. in um in sales and continued to grow
0: from there. And then I, I just went. I
1: started investing in
0: other in other businesses, other businesses. And, and then. just that's amazing, and and that's what tends to happen. I think one one thing that I tend to find having discussions with various people is that there, there tends to be a focus on what is the business that can make me the most money, not knowing that pretty much if you look globally, everything a- and anything, anything can make you money.
1: Listen, <laughs> you see what I mean? I've got I've I've got a friend who has a recycling recycling company mm. for cooking oil. Yeah. Right. So he goes to all of these restaurants. They have all of this oils left over, and he just collects it, and they pay him a pound. Yeah. They pay him a pound per I don't know, per gallon or whatever it was, yeah. whatever it is, to, to to get rid of their cooking oil. Wow. And he's got somebody else paying him yeah. to take the cooking oil so that they can recycle so he's it. He's eating from both ends. And so he's both, from both both ends. Ends it, And yeah. then a couple of years ago he set up a factory mm. on how to recycle this into various other stuff. Mm. And he's making money from it, yeah. from recycling oil. Yeah. You know, I've got people who've got construction companies and people who have been collecting companies. Mm who are all multi-millionaires. Yeah. You can become wealthy off of anything, yeah. really. It's just about dedicating yourself to something. Mm-hmm. That's the key. It's dedicating yourself to something. But if you dedicate yourself to anything and you follow the principles, there are principles that govern the acquisition of wealth. Mm-hmm. If you follow these principles in whatever field that you choose to apply yourself, you're likely to succeed. Yeah,
0: you know? that, That's actually great to hear because w- one of the things that I find is that people that tend to chase the golden goose or that that product that's going to make them, the mill tend to just always chop and change. They they follow the tide. It's like, oh, what's popping today? Crypto. But by the time you bought crypto, (laughs) you know, the market is dead. Or it's like, you know, or or you don't know when to catch it because you're forever like Uh, chopping and changing, not knowing that, you know, it's a vital principle to stick to that in which you believe in, which is amazing. What is it about you that you thought like helped you in that journey? Like what was it about your mindset prior to you hitting it?
1: Um, I'm a stubborn motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> I, mm. I I just don't give up. Mm. I I just don't give up. That's the one thing about me. Look, I have taken so many L's. Yeah. I have had so many um, losses. It's funny because I I went I was getting a barbersho- I was at the barbershop shop last week, and somebody asked me. They were like, you know, since you kind of started making P, have you ever been broke? And I said all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and mean, we were just talking about it. before we started. You know? yeah. I was, I was having a conversation with one of yeah. my friends. Actually, I was like, "Listen, people will never understand. There are broke millionaires. You can be a multi-millionaire worth whatever, yeah. and still have seasons where you're broke because you're over, over leveraged or over invested mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and so all of, all of those, all of those things happen. But I think as far as I, 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 I just have a persistent nature about me. Mm. I just don't give up regardless of regardless of what it looks like, all of the signs may be there to say something isn't supposed to work out. Mm. But if I haven't if I have the slightest inkling that it could work out, mm. I'm holding on to this for dear life, for dear life
0: yeah. you know? It's something I've noticed as well like speaking to a lot of like you know wealthy people successful um, individuals is that you know they're very stubborn. that is one thing they're extremely stubborn. And, and I learned that, uh, apart from that, I mean, I'll touch on the other stuff, but the stubborn side of things, I learned that the hard way. So one of my first like multi-millionaires who I interviewed was uh, Emmanuel Thomas. I think he's Emmanuel Thompson. He's a um, he's a black farmer. So his products are everywhere, m and absolutely everywhere. And um, I remember him saying, you know, I need to get to his house for, I don't know, about 11 o'clock or something. And they, I got caught up in traffic. And then, you know, I called him just to say, I might potentially be five minutes late. And he, he said, this interview might not be on. He goes, I gave you a specific time. And he's an elderly guy as well. So you know when you're older, he's like in his late 70s. You just say what's on your mind. He goes, I gave you a specific time. Now you're telling me you can't make that time you know, it's not going to be on. So then I, I begged and pleaded with him and I told him, look, I'm, I'm usually a super punctual guy. Like I usually get to places half an hour, 15 minutes beforehand. They say, no, you know, don't BT, no black people timing. <laughs> so he, he allowed me to come through it. And as I got there, he was extremely upset. And he goes, because I'm late, he's going to do another interview beforehand with the BBC before he goes ahead with my one. He's like, look, I'm very stubborn and I'll stick to what I say and I'll say what I stick yeah. to. And that's one of the key things that I've learned from speaking to people. Like that. And then also, the, you know, they seem to be very conscientious and, like very intelligent, like they're very self-aware, like they know their surroundings. You know, they got sensitive spirits. They can read people, Absolutely. and they can sense people. So, it's, it's these characters that you felt was discernment. Is,
1: discernment is key. Mm. Discernment is key. Um, but I think that comes from well, that comes from the acquisition of the acquisition of knowledge, mm. um, the application of knowledge, and just learning and, and growing, growing as you go along. Yeah. You know, because as you as you continue to as you continue on the journey you start to see a lot of things Mm. and any wise man, as you continue to see a lot of things, when you see certain things recurring, you can almost gauge what's about to happen. next, And you take calculated risks, Mm. not just dumb risks. If it looks like what I've experienced before, Mm. I am probably going to be a little bit more cautious. Right. And so discernment is, is, is key. Of course the intelligence comes as a part of it because you've got to acquire knowledge. You've actually got to know what you're doing. You've got to understand. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to under, you're you're gonna know everything about geography or bio or, or biology or chemistry, but about your particular chosen fields, you're gonna to have to be an expert. I believe in fully putting in the ten thousand hours, becoming an expert in your field, and which will highly increase your chances of being one of the best paid. In
0: so, so from what you're saying, it's not necessarily that it's innately built in us, so we're not necessarily born with it, but it's something that we can acquire along the way. One hundred percent. One hundred percent.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a skill, mm. and if it's a skill, it can be learned, mm. right? Some people have a certain hunger from very early on. I, I, you know, now when I look back on my life, I didn't actually clock until a lot, a lot later on. It was actually maybe a couple of years ago I clocked when, um, when I was in high school. My dad had a uh recording studio, right? He yeah. had a recording studio and so he had all of these C D, you know, C D recordables and stuff like that. I used to take some to go to school to sell yeah. to, to the one <laughs> yeah. of you rappers who were going to the <laughs> studio. Now I just now clocked yeah. not very long ago. And so yeah, I suppose certain traits will be sort of inbuilt in you from early. Um but as you get older, <laughs> if you're aware of it,
0: you can develop it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, like wh- when it comes to success, is there like you know th- there's the there's the argument or the discussion of whether it's a, it's a destination or a journey. Like, what is it for you? Like, would you label yourself as? In you, I mean, your your terms of success might be on some, on a different level to yeah. someone else. Um, so, would you say it's a destination or is it a journey? I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely a journey because it's never ending. However,
1: there it's important to have milestones in place. Yeah. That's how you you know anything that doesn't get measured doesn't get managed mm. right and so you need to have specific milestones in place that will be able to govern your journey of success it's not necessarily in comparison to the next person's somebody's somebody's journey of success um, might be the acquisition of a hundred million mm. right somebody's might be a billion somebody's might be 10 million mm. right it is quite unique to your journey specifically but you need to have milestones in place. Mm that will mark certain, um, that will be able to, b- because you need a trajectory. You need to be able to say that I went from X to X in a specific period of time. That, for me, is the ultimate definition of success. It's being able to make um, measurable progress in considerable time, mm. right? And so you need those milestones in place. Yeah. My, 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 For me, one of my things when I was growing up was to be able to retire my mom, which I've been able to do for, the five years oh, you know her full-time job is to look after my daughter when yeah. my daughter is with me you know she's my my, my nanny for me it was to be able to be able to en- enjoy a certain life get get out of where i grew up and be into a certain environment where i'm comfortable it was to be able to travel as and when i when i when i please um it was to be able to have not to worry about my 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 living mm. you know what i mean and be able to look after the people who i care about around yeah. Um, so those were those were the, uh, the 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 milestones
0: for me when I was growing up. Until you have to set the next thing, mm. you know. So. Yeah, d- definitely because the, the way that I look at success um, personally is like f- I feel currently the majority of people we live in like a state of like you know desperation. Like you know we're desperate to find money to pay the bills. We're desperate yeah. to find yeah. this yeah. to do that to do that. And you know, what I spoke to someone in regards to this whole idea and the concept of like success. And and they were like the, the point when they felt successful is when they didn't have to necessarily worry about their bills and taking care of their family. The rest was just a bonus, even though it came in abundance. Yeah. It was like, Oh wow, now I can actually breathe. Yeah. Because as humans, you know, we tend to forget that we're constantly in a state of stress. Like yeah. our minds are constantly like you know, our bodies are always like this internally because we're we're thinking about the next. Absolutely. Know, since we're hunter graduates we're thinking about the next meal. Absolutely. Now we're thinking about the next you know, Absolutely. the next meal in a different way. So It's like that moment to me is like, you know, when I'm successful, when I can breathe as a human and really truly observe my environment. Um, You talked about the principles earlier on, like you just briefly mentioned. What do you think the core principles are? For what what success? Yes. Uh, (coughs) Like in terms of like the characteristics and principles required. I mean,
1: there are so many. There's so many to go through. I think for me. My top top three. three? My top three would 100% be. The acquisition of knowledge mm-hmm. in your chosen field—it it is absolutely—it is. I find it atrocious when I speak to people who say they want to do X in said field and they don't know anything about it, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a that's an L from the beginning, yeah. right? So that's that's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think for me for hard work is important. Work ethic is important. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a lot of people who contact me who want to do work experience, who want to do X, who want to do whatever it is. And their work ethic is ridiculous. Like especially right now, we have this generation, the, the cultural mindset is, yeah, I don't want to work for anybody. I don't like to be told what to do and yeah. you know, that side of thing. And it is very difficult to be able to be successful if you do not know how to submit to a certain degree discipline is a huge part of success Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people just don't have the 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 work ethic that comes along Mm -hmm. with it um you know when when we when when i started out i was doing some crazy hours and sometimes still do you know we were doing 14 15 hour days and i was getting paid 250 pounds a month for it you know what i mean and so you have that that was like 80 hours a week Mm. it's ridiculous right but but i did it quietly We've no and I felt no type of way about it because I knew what I was getting out of it. Yeah. It's very rare to find young people who have the same work ethic today. Yeah. Right. Um so I'd probably say if I had to put it if I had to put it in percentages, I'd say your knowledge accounts for probably about twenty percent, your work ethic counts for about twenty percent. But your biggest thing for me is your environment. You know, yeah. who are you around? Who's shaping your frame of thinking? Because that will always be it is. It is when when people when people grow to success. It's never really about. It's never really about how hard you're working and all of those things. Those are those are those are cool. That 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 keeps that keeps the engine running. But it's about who you're around. If you're around five idiots, if you're around five men, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I believe that in the next five years we are all going to become. A hybrid of the people that the five people that we spend the most amount of time for with, real. and if you're around some dumb, if you're around some dumb people mm. um, and people who don't have a solid plan for their life, chances are in five years you won't be much further than where you are right now. Yeah. And so your environment is key. Um, and when I say your environment, it's not so much the area in which you live; it is who you're talking to. Yeah. Who are you spending the most Shape amount of answer. time? Absolutely.
0: But that's the, an that's the <laughs> extremely tricky one because people find it hard to shake off friends, especially, you know, especially younger people because they, they're hanging around with them or they're doing sports clubs or whatever with them. And it's like, how do you go about like shaking your friends off now? <laughs> or, or acquiring a new circle? Because that alone is difficult. I mean, I've, I've managed to acquire a new set of, I mean, since I started podcasting, I've realized that my phone book is very different now. Right, right. In the sense that I because I, I, I speak to various people from Absolutely. professors, doctors, right, to right. even, you know, major criminals and business personnel. Right, right, right. So, like, I've realized that I've got access to a lot of information and a lot of different types of people now. Um, I, 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 there's a mathematician who I know. He's like a really high level mathematician. Does work for, like, the, you know, for the government and all sorts. And he, he added me to like this random group of people that talk about stuff I hardly understand. But I seem okay. to get insight on various things now. Now, oh. this is currency in a way. If I, if I, if you know, if I maneuver myself directly yeah. within the circle. <clears throat> and I realize that as I'm gradually changing my, my I'm not changing my surrounding, but as I'm gradually getting, you know, in, introduced to this new pool of individuals, it's changing my mindset. It's changing the way I talk, the way I think. That is your surrounding. I'm able to, you know, yeah. That is your surrounding. That is my surrounding, anyway, yeah, because I'm I'm able to you know dissect these people's mindsets and I'm Absolutely. able to engage with them and take from them. Likewise, sitting here and even coming to your house today, I'm like, wow. I mean, I've already got, gained something just parking up and walking to your front doorstep. Right. You right. see what I mean? So it's the, the network is so valuable. It is how a... do people break out of that?
1: You just need to want it so badly, mm. right? Because when I left, when I left college and when I left, um, when I left uni, when I dropped out i was around people who were especially after college i was around people who were very professionally driven they wanted to become pharmacists and they wanted to become all of these they, they you know they the idea of dropping out of uni was even it even came across as a big failure to them. i remember telling somebody i wanted to start this company and they like the world doesn't need another company like this already <laughs> yeah. so, many of them. Yeah. so for me I am quite, like I said earlier, I'm quite stubborn. I'm quite militant in my approach. Mm. I dropped everybody I knew, oh, including my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. One of her, minute because of her mindset, because of her mindset. Yeah. One minute we had been together for like two years yeah. at, the, at this point. Um, but I just woke up one day and I was like, Nah, this is gonna one. I was like, Listen, the the life that you have designed in the 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 life that you have designed in your mind ahead is completely different. Um, there's nothing wrong with what you, you're planning to do. It's just not the direction I want to go. Yeah. You know? And so it was literally like that. I changed my number, ignored everybody, and then was friendless. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, and so you can start fresh then, right? Slate, so yeah. essentially, what I would do is I'd pick up my laptop. I'd go to our hotel hop. I'd go mm-hmm. to the hotels in Battersea or in Mayfair and whatnot, and I'd go and work from. Their, their spaces, I might have be able to afford, um, you know, a couple burger sliders and a can of Coke all day. Yeah. But I was around people. I would see people come in dressed in their suits, come do business meetings. I'd see their, you know, fancy cars pull up at, you know, give it to the show, give it to the uh, valet and mm. do all of that stuff. And it was really, you know, growing up in Croydon, I hadn't really been exposed to that. Mm. You know, if we saw a Lamborghini or Rolls Royce on the road, it was a big deal. Yeah, right? yeah, But over here, there's six of them parked up,
0: right? That's the average call. Right. There's
1: six of them parked up and they're sitting there laughing, doing whatever, and they'll come and sit beside me and be like, you know, is the burger any good or whatever? We'll start making conversation. I'll find out that he owns a carpet shop or Mm. they do this or they do that. And so I literally did that for a very long time. Um, And in the process, started having conversations with people, with stockbrokers, with people who in 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 – um, in in fields that I didn't even know existed, yeah. right? Oh, that's um, and and the more you continue to do that, you'd you'd start to find that these people are normal human beings, number one. And actually, you might start to see where you might be able to add value to these people's lives. Mm. Um, and that's what I just done. I just went and stalked, and then and then people who I wanted to get to know, I just started stalking. <laughs> standard not in a creepy way but yeah. I would literally make my I would find out especially with social media I'd find out where the people that I want to get to know hang out yeah. like it was it was um it was quite crazy to the point and this was even f- years later on after I was already getting established there was somebody there was a big property developer I was looking to get um, connected with mm-hmm. and we had met a few times before um but we hadn't really been acquainted properly mm-hmm. I found out where he, where he went to the gym um, which happened to be in Milton Keynes, mate. I booked a hotel for one night. You know, woke up the, the next day. I was at <laughs> David Lloyd's at six a.m. Yeah, and he happened to be there. Well, you co-op with him. I co-op with him then. Yeah, you know. So I, I'm very strategic in positioning myself and connecting with people that I want to, I want to connect with. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's the key. I think the the bigger, one of the biggest exercises I did is I think in two thousand and. I don't know. Maybe something like 2011, 2012. I made a list of all of the areas of my life that I want, in my life that in my life I wanted to improve. Right. So I wanted to be—I'd never been to a gym a day in my life before 2000 and uh, before 2012, right. right? But I wanted to—I wanted to be fit. Hmm. I wanted to be around millionaires. I wanted to be around great fathers. I wanted to be around people who are good partners. I wanted to be around successful business people. I literally listed seven areas of my life. And I went out there and I stalked and made friends with people who were already flying in these areas. Yeah. Made them my friends, hang around them, help whatever it was they wanted help with that I could supply, I'll do it, mm. you know, for, for no charge, just so that I could cement the friendship. Yeah.
0: And and that's literally how I changed my circle. Yeah. That's amazing, man, because yeah. it's, it's quite similar to how I'm currently working through the change of my yeah. circle via the podcast, for right, instance. Because right. um, one thing I realised as well is that when you change your environment, one of the things that I realized is that in one particular environment, that's not as affluent. There's a there's a scarcity mindset that you know there's not enough. There's never enough. But then on the other side, they're like, whoa, there's there's loads. There's, loads. <laughs> there's way Absolutely. more than you could ever imagine. Absolutely. And you know, it was in, it was incredible to find that because I was also of the mindset that way, there's not enough. And you know, I feel bad going and trying to take or make or make some because. I feel like I'm always taking from somebody else if I make. I'm making. Wow. There's an abundance out there.
1: Absolutely, I think that's one of the biggest. That's one of the biggest misconceptions mm. that we ever get that there is never enough. Mm. There is so much more. There is look. There is so much money in the world for every single human being in existence today to be a millionaire. Yeah. That's how much wealth there is in the world. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the 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 issue is that is the issue is that mindset of it and of itself because i'm a big um i'm a big advocate of the law of attraction and things Mm -hmm. like that and i know that whatever it is that you continuously and perpetually think about you bring about Mm -hmm. and so if you're constantly thinking about lack if you're constantly thinking about the not enoughness of Mm -hmm. the world you are constantly going to attract that into your world that doesn't necessarily mean that's what the world at at large is experiencing Mm -hmm. it is just going to make itself visible in Cause that's, that's the position that you have put yourself in. And that was quite, that was a big turning point for me as well, because I had to make that transition mentally at, at one point. Mm. And when I made that transition, to be entirely honest, the activities that I was doing prior to that transition, that mental transformation and after wasn't that different, mm. but my results were very different mm. because the engine had changed now, the, the powering force. The mindset had changed now, and so as a result of that, the outcome had started to change. change yeah. yeah.
0: you? What's your thoughts on like a mentorship? On like, mentorship? You know, did, did you have one yourself?
1: Essential the process. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, these this person that I was stalking from mm. the gym is somebody who I wanted to. I want. I wanted to um to be under um in terms of mentorship. But sometimes when you approach people and say, "Look, I want you to mentor me." They're not as they're not yeah. as receptive because people really don't have the time all the time for it, right? Um, and so I just had to f- find out what it was that he wanted and needed in his life at that time in his mm-hmm. business, and position myself to be somebody who could provide that for mm-hmm. him. So I could get closer to him. In what that done is inadvertently, I'd started to spend a little bit more time than I usually would with this person, mm-hmm. and I was asking all the questions and gleaming all the information that I could and before he before we realized it was a mentor mentee relationship (laughs) but i i already knew what i wanted to achieve with that from the onset um but having a mentor is literally the quickest way to be able to achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve because they have already walked down the road um and so they know all the red flags to to avoid and all of that like we were talking earlier before we started filming you took out a loan um, for your business. I took out a loan for my business at the age of 18 and it was a big flop. Yeah. You know, now speaking to some of my mentees coming up, if they brought that up in conversation, I say that's a big no-no.
0: Big no-no, yeah. And, it's you, you know, it's going to set you back God knows how many years.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 So
0: mentorship is, is, is
1: essential. Mm. Just being, having the privilege of being able to sit under somebody who's walked down the path that you are now starting to embark on
0: prevents you from making the mistakes that they've already made and learned from. It, Absolutely. Which is essential because if me and my business partner at the time had someone who could tell us, look, this is not a good idea. Right. We would not have made that decision that Absolutely. we made. But we went about doing it on our own accord. you know, Absolutely. Sort of one hype night. But um, th- there's two different types of motivation that I find in the journey to success from the people I've spoken to. Is one is the initial. So initially there was something burning in you that wanted to get you from one position to the other. Yeah. And then there's also the, the after fact. It's like, okay, now I've reached a good state in life. How do you keep yourself motivated? So what what are those two driving factors for you, the before and the after?
1: Um, I think despite everything that, yes, there's always a starting point. There's always a burning desire to be able to, to be able to do something, right? I I think that's important, Um, especially because now a lot of the young people who I speak to who want to be successful, they want to be somebody without essentially doing anything, yeah. right? And that's a that's a more difficult way to become successful. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to put some value out into the world. Mm-hmm. There has to be something that you can contribute to society, humanity, community, to be able to take you on that trajectory, mm-hmm. on that path to building an acquiring wealth. Um, and then, yes, when you do reach a certain point, I, I did reach a point where I was comfortable enough where I wasn't as motivated, mm. I was just traveling, spending money, doing a lot of dumb yeah. shit, yeah. and you and you will do that, yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. You you <laughs> that that happens, um. But I think that was probably because I was so from the age of probably nineteen to twenty five, I was so focused. I, de- I never even went to the club for the first time until I was twenty seven, oh. yeah. right. So there was I think when I reached a certain point in my sort of early tw- um late 20s there was so much that i hadn't had the chance to do that i just needed to get out of my system i became a dad at the age of 23 started my first business at the age of 19. i was just locked in yeah right i needed to do some dumb shit to get it out yeah, of my yeah, system. system um and then I, i've kind of reached this point where i am around really wealthy people now which really makes me very um which makes me realize that actually it was cute yeah. <laughs> what i was yeah. you know in comparison yeah. yeah 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 it was yeah. cute what i was doing earlier but there really is a next level of yeah. wealth to acquire and to be able to create an impact to be able like to that a make. kickstart for you too. yeah so that really humbled me mm. that really humbled me and realized that actually it's you know money is not houses and cars I know people who own cities and building towns and yeah. doing stuff like that. And, and when you're around that kind of energy, you just shut your mouth and you just get on with it. Yeah. So it's a new form of motivation. Plus, I'm also now at the stage in my life where, yes, the acquisition of wealth will always continue, but it's probably now for me about how, much, how many more people I can impact mm. with, that, um, with, with, with that knowledge and wealth and understanding. So it's it's slightly different yeah. for me now,
0: you know. Yeah. I, I was speaking. It's, it's quite interesting about getting the kick up the arse. And I was speaking to Alfie. I don't know if you know, being Alfie, um, he's um, he's really wealthy, bit, young businessman as well, black guy from London. Yeah. And um, he was saying that he, he reached the point where you know within his circle, he thought he was the guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He had all the Ferraris, all the all the drip, all the jewelry, and then he started hanging around like these Arabs and stuff. And um, he started feeling like he was poor and he was broke again. But um, instead of initially before going back and using it as a fuel for motivation, he started doing some dumb stuff as well. He went and um, started like putting diamonds on his car keys and stuff, <laughs> just to roll with them. Because he <laughs> was like, he was spending like eighty grand per car key just to roll with these guys because the pressure that he felt and he yeah, felt yeah, so yeah, insignificant. Yeah. They felt that to even be in the room with these dudes, yeah. but then he realized that they, they knew what time it was, they knew he wasn't on their level. Absolutely. So that, that that was kind of like the re-spark for him to be like, wait, hold on. This is some dumb shit I'm doing, right? Absolutely. Now. Like this is, you know, Absolutely. I should be motivated yeah, to yeah, then yeah. Go, go to the next yeah. level if I truly want to go to the yeah, next yeah, yeah. level. And that's what he did. So it's yeah, it yeah. good
1: to kind of level up. And and they know, and they know, look, they know that you're not quite there yet, but they see themselves in you. They see they recognize that they have been at that that point before where you are just on the trajectory and with a little bit of um a little bit of their influence and direction you can go onto the next yeah. onto the next level i'm i'm the youngest in my circle mm. have always been but feeling it yeah. more now yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but it's brilliant because these people are actually doing good shit mm. and what that does is it really just makes you double down on 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 your effort and just and just gives you a different a second wind a second level of focus and i think and i think that will always happen you know initially your motivation will be trying to run away from hunger trying to run away from being broke and trying to run away from you know the 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 poverty that set you back from not being able to pay your bills and and your life expenses and then you get to that point where after you've got a couple of luxuries you realize that actually it was never about what I, I. I don't need like at this point in my life. I don't necessarily need anything really. I'm not. Re, I'm not even interested in another car or like I've been. I, I've been down. I've been downgrading and downsizing on my cars <laughs> and, and and stuff because I just don't. I don't feel. I don't feel like I have anything further to prove. My ego does not need massaging in that way anymore. Um, what it is up to now is just being able to create. A certain level of wealth that my daughter and my child, my my grandchildren and great grandchildren mm-hmm. can be able to enjoy, but also, but also to be able to really make a huge impact yeah. in 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 society. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think once you start, once that shift happens, you get a new a second wind. Yeah.
0: You know, but you've got to be around the right people to be able. Definitely, and I think the, the ego is one of the most dangerous things as well because w- until you drop that, you're constantly, you know, doing things that might not you will be doing help. the dumbest stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, you'll be doing the dumbest stuff. I
1: have some young friends who continue to do dumb stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I've done, I've done that. Yeah. You know, I, I remember there was one year I sat down with my accountant and I was like, crap, I have spent 150k just on clubs dumb shit like yeah that. and at that point i realized you know what this is yeah. too expensive <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> like i'm i'm, I'm yeah. yeah i've lost yeah. it the, the,
0: one one thing i realized so I've, I've had i've spoken to a couple of billionaires on my podcast mm. and uh, one thing i realized is that when they reach a certain stage you realize that there's zilch like in terms of ego and mm. things like that to so them it's all about the system now so they've, they've even dropped the product. They're thinking, okay, I just need system after system Absolutely. after system. Yes. There's nothing else to it Yes, now they've, you know, they've kind of gone over that. But um, one of the things that they've battled with was like the whole misconception of money, the idea of money is like, you know, it's, 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 it's bad and it's evil. And I recently saw one of your videos, you were talking about some of the misconceptions growing up in regards to funds as well, mm-hmm. that, you know, how the church made us perceive money, yeah. how our parents perceived us money like how, how detrimental is that it is look everything starts
1: internally mm-hmm. right the you don't become rich when you your first meal comes into your bank account or whatever that number might be for you you become rich the moment you make that mental decision that you know what i am a wealthy person mm-hmm. right everything starts internally and if you have an internal battle constantly <clears throat> that is saying that there is something wrong with money, or that there is something wrong with its acquisition, or that wealthy people are evil, or that, or whatever those negative misconceptions might be. You will probably never be wealthy, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you haven't. There is there is an internal blockage. Mm-hmm. You will never really be. Look, I, I am a believer that <clears throat> you, your your surroundings is a reflection of who you are internally, mm-hmm. right? if you know when you become when you whatever you become internally eventually it will it will exuberate into your physical external um experience right and if internally you are constantly battling with this idea of wealth and money and acquisition you would never be able to settle in the fact that you are a wealthy or a, or a rich person and that's okay Right. And until you are able to sign on the dotted line and say, and that's okay with me, you would never really be able to manifest it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so for me, I, I saw, you know, I saw that mindset mindset shift at some point in my life, you know, when I was in my early twenties, where I'm like, you know what, I'm 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 trying to do this, but there is this internal programming that has been embedded in me that says that there is something wrong with doing this. Yeah. That I am, I don't know, denying God or whatever the fuck.
0: Like me, that yeah. you've been. You've, that, like every rich person's done something bad to get to where they got. Right. To, like that's um, one that always.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I remember reading a book called How to Get Rich by um, Felix Dennis. He was a you know, he was a British publishing billionaire, and one of the things he said in the book that really stuck with me, is that until you reach the point where you come to the conclusion that I am going to do it by any means necessary, Mm -hmm. you will probably never do it, right? Mm -hmm. And that, once you make that conclusion, once you come to that conclusion, that's when who you are as a person really can surface, Mm -hmm. because that's when your moral characteristics will will come into play to see how far you are really, really into because there are so many ways that you can acquire wealth which will be legal, but sometimes immoral, yeah. right? And there are some ways that you can acquire wealth which may be immoral, but legal. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's a, it you just have to settle that first and foremost within yourself until you are able to reach that place within yourself internally where you understand that building wealth is okay. In fact, if you want to do good in the world, become wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can give more and do more. Poverty can't do nothing for anybody. Yeah. Right. You can give it all away if you want. But for me, the biggest, I feel like the person you become, the person I'm becoming while I've been on this journey is my biggest asset. Right. Because I have had to learn to do things in a certain way, had to learn certain skills, learn certain principles, mature carry myself in a certain way so that when I walk into a room I can get the respect that I need to be able to operate within that sector and I love the person I'm becoming in the process yeah. you know God forbid if I lost everything tomorrow, I have no doubt that I will be able to take it all right back yeah. Yeah. because of the person I've become yeah. in the process and so I think that's very essential um to every to to everybody I feel like everybody should make it their life goal. Mm. To become a millionaire, not just because of the money, but because of the person that
0: you will become in the process. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing thing to hear. Because I think what one of the battles that I had internally was always the idea of like wealth being as in like in order for me to acquire it, I have to do something bad to someone else. Mm. And you know, when you deep in, when you really think about, it, you realize that these are things that be embedded in you from young. It's like, you know, the, the concept that, you know... Partially money, to stop all, you from you know, jo- from embarking on that f- process. From embarking on that process, yeah. It's kind of like gatekeeping. It's Absolutely. like, okay, let's let's keep the majority Absolutely. here working and, you know, forgetting about, like, what's, what the potential okay, of their exactly. earnings are. Exactly. So that's that's crazy. And um, early on, you, you talked about, like, one of your biggest successes was, like, um, retiring your mum. Mm. Like, would you, what's one of your biggest L's? And what did you learn from that L? Like, what would you say is the, the L that really taught you listen, I want to keep you up the rcu and you like, you know, I'm not going to have this. So, uh, there's a few,
1: mm. but I'll probably, I'll talk about this one because it went beyond business. Mm. Um, I had just done, so, I've done a few, quite a number of lease option properties where I've taken over, I've taken control over properties without necessarily buying it. Um, mm. So, that's essentially what lease options is. Yeah. And I had a, I had a lease option on a property in in Kent, which was really good. I just decided not to rent it out. This was some, somewhere that I was going to live with my family at the time. And what they, they, the deal was structured in such a way that even though I was controlling the property, I was still paying for the mortgage of it through the person who owned it yeah. at the time. Right. and little did i know that he hadn't been paid the mortgage on the property and this was something that i was living in mm-hmm. myself um and i just got a knock on the door one friday afternoon while having lunch with bailiff's. my family and it was the bailiffs and i literally had half an hour oh. to pack up my bags and leave the property with the whole family the, the, the whole family so this day my daughter thought we went on holiday <laughs> yeah, you like pack up. Going the we had we had yeah. to go and stay in and find a travel lodge wow. or, or Premier Inn or whatever it was, and wow. stay there for six weeks while I found out as another property. Mm. But that was a humongous lesson because just when I thought everything was starting to fall into place, yeah. it was a humongous I essentially became homeless. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, my mom was crying like I'd never seen before mm. um, because. We had all taken pride into this new home that yeah. we were enjoying. And um yeah, that was a that was a tough one. That was a big, a big lesson. That's a humbling experience. Very, it? very humbling experience. Yeah. You know, that regardless of where you are in life, things can change mm. very quickly. Of course, I'm very I'm a lot more vigilant on how contracts work now and I've got a strong legal team backing me, making sure that Scenarios like that are unlikely to happen again in the future, um, but it was a big L, it was yeah. a very big, L. and I, it was a property I lost money on, um, and all of that stuff. But
0: you know, you live, in yeah. you live, and you learn. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, that's one of the lessons in life. It's like L's, L's is what is you know how you want to take it because yeah. you know most people take L's and turn them into W's. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You know, to me, the loss is when you give up after that. One hundred percent. The thing, the moment you give up is when the one, game is done. One hundred percent. Look. My,
1: I'm an, I'm an African man. So I take pride in being a provider. I take pride in being able to look after my family and all of that Mm -hmm. business. Look, if anything happens with business and something falls apart in business, I can live with that. I can come back the next day and I can do it because I'll come home and I will relax, reset with my family and I'll come back. Um, With this one, it was affecting my family. <laughs> yeah. So
0: that's personal. So that, that, that was real, real. really personal.
1: It attacked everything that I represented as the man that I thought I, I was. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so that was a that was a, a deep one yeah. for me to to swallow. It took a it took a little minute for me to get my head back in the game mm-hmm. after after that one. But yeah, it it,
0: it happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's all about the bounce back. Man. Absolutely. Michael appreciate that, man. Like I. I've I've learned a lot already, like speaking to you in the short period of time that, that you know you've, you've given me, and I truly appreciate that. But um, as as a final giveaway, what's the what's some of the advice that you give, like you know, young upcoming entrepreneurs? No even you know, I think I need to, because I always say you know, young upcoming entrepreneurs, but I don't think there's no age when it comes to entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. no young or old. So like, what advice would you give based on your experience to like entre- people that want to be entrepreneurial or just people in general that are think that they necessarily might be struggling in life and want to come out into a better place like what would you say from all the experiences that you've gained in your journey
1: you know I find it always I, I, I find it funny whenever anybody asks oh, me so that yeah. question because it's, sort of, it's such an open ended question it is yeah and it varies you know depending on the individual absolutely well. but you know I, I feel like I feel like especially even with this journey of entrepreneurship right this this even term of entrepreneurship look. Like, entrepreneurship is overrated <laughs> right being a businessman is overrated i still there are still people who are entrepreneurs who are doing well within a 95 business company system and things like that so my biggest takeaway is don't follow the herd don't follow the herd just because something is trending at a certain point in time doesn't mean it's the thing that you have to you have to put your your eggs your, your all your eggs into Whatever, whatever journey, whatever goals that it is that you've set for yourself, whether that is becoming something in the professional field, or whether, even if even if that is entrepreneurship, or whatever it might be, stick to your truth. I think that's the most important thing to me. Stick to your truth, but also whatever you're going through right now, man, it doesn't last forever, man. Things change, and that's one of the that's one of the biggest things that I have learned in my life, man. Things change. I never take things overly personal in the moment i realized that you know what tomorrow things could be different uh, and so keep keep hoping keep believing keep the faith keep working keep the dream alive and listen if you don't stop you'll, you'll find it yeah you know it's as simple as that. that's it michael
0: truly appreciate that man pleasure thank you pleasure. for inviting me to your home thank you for coming on to the podcast i truly appreciate Pleasure's it mine it's, it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you and learning from you Especially since we're both Ghanaian as well. I and know you're Ashanti, right? by know, the way. I'm, I'm Ashanti. You're Ashanti, <laughs> yeah, Say no more, man. I'm straight up Ashanti as well. So it's an absolute pleasure. And I love seeing, like, you know, the, you know, I love seeing my people win. I love, Absolutely. Especially, I love seeing the brothers win. Because to me, like, whenever I see stuff like that online, it's like it brings a certain level of joy inside of me. I feel like I've won. Yes. So it's yes, like, yes, you know, yes. that's what I'm another, another one. Another one. Do you yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's yeah. the way I see it. Oh, yeah. And I think we need more of that. And that's why I'm, I'm always keen to speak to people like yourself, because there's a sense of joy that I get seeing you in that I think, you know, c- should be reciprocated across the community. Cause you know, if we look at it on a major scale, we are at the bottom of a lot of things. So, you know,
1: it's up to us to like, you know, and, it's a, to and it's and it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing for what it does to other people's minds, mm-hmm. because everyone can believe that. Yeah. It, it's easy for me to believe that. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's possible possible some people can do it but it's something about seeing yourself in somebody else that makes it personal that actually is possible for me do you know what i mean and that's a that's a that's a really important element in it so yeah i I love to see it it. amazing thank
0: you you again i appreciate it